Yeah, good, good. Seen so many people from so many different nations here this morning as well, which is exciting. Buna to Romanians. Hola to all those Spanish speakers. Hello, Mildred. Oh, okay. And Rita's here. Rita, great to see you, Rita. Yeah, Rita had a, a bit of a stroke a little while ago, and this is the first time she's been here. So hello, Rita. It's so lovely to have you back. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the prayers. Yeah, it's lovely to see you, Rita. Um, we've got a ring. Uh, I've had the privilege of spending a lot of this week with Linus, and uh, it's been a real blessing to have some time with him. Linus is visiting here from uh, Pune in India, and it's been a real blessing. Diraj's brother-in-law, of course, so we have a family connection going on. Um, but I spent the last year and a half or so just getting to know Linus, and so to bring him here and to allow him just to come and see. It's the first time, ever time out of India, uh, which has been really good. And uh, it's been really good to have him. And uh, I'm trusting he's going to go back blessed. He goes back tomorrow. Um, and really pray he goes blessed. So please, this is your last chance, at least this time, to say hello to him. So after church, if you could just grab him and say hello to him and bless him as he goes. Uh, but this morning... We continue in our sermon series that we've been walking through called Foundations, where we have been laying down each week, brick by brick, what this church is built on. Like I said at the beginning of the year, we celebrate 30 years this year as a church, of being together, meeting as, a, as, as we are. And we are talking really about what our church is going to be built on in the years to come, in the decades to come what we're going to be built on. And this morning's brick, uh, which I so lovingly put together every week, is the Holy Spirit. Oh, look at that strength. I mean, honestly. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, which we place in our wall. One, one week, I'll get to put it on top. I always do the bottom ones. So uh, Holy Spirit, which um, is the brick for this morning. So let's pray real quick, and then we're going to jump into this morning's subject. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you that you've already been speaking to us, Lord, as a church. And thank you, Lord, that you are here, present with us right now. Lord, I pray as we, as we go into this subject, as we, um, as we open up, Lord, and, and think about who you are as Holy Spirit, that, Lord, we would have hearts ready to receive. Lord, come and continue speaking to us, we pray. Just come and be with us, Lord. Help our hearts just to settle and to focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Okay, so this is one of those subjects, it's just open-ended. I mean, we could have a, a sermon series just on the Holy Spirit, right? We could talk about who the Holy Spirit is, being part of the Trinity and how that works, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in a triune God. Uh, and literally, I could have taken a whole you know, year to discuss the Holy Spirit and his workings in our life, in our church, and what we expect to see as a result of the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of where I landed this morning, really. And what I wanted to talk about is how the Holy Spirit affects our Sunday mornings, 
how he affects our Monday mornings and what we expect to see in our lives as a result of the Holy Spirit being present among us and working through us. When I was 13, um, I've shared this story uh, time and time again. You'll probably hear it a thousand more times. Um, And when I was 13, I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. I came from a non-Christian background, so I knew about Jesus and I kind of, you know, would say happy birthday to him at Christmas and all that sort of thing. Um, so I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the good news of the gospel. And when I was 13, I started going to a local church youth group and heard the good news of the gospel, heard about Jesus and who he was and, and what he'd come to do and how his death brought my forgiveness and how his resurrection brought about a new life for me in him. And so that was you know, I became a believer at 13. When I was 17, a few years later, I went to a camp called Harvest and it was in the Northeast. It was amazing with my church and um, with my church youth group and a guy called Mike Pelavacci, many of you will know who that is. Mike Pelavacci was speaking on the stage and Tim Hughes was leading the worship. It was just great. And I remember that night, I was 17 years old and Mike Pelavacci came up and he started to teach about how we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and for me, I knew who the Holy Spirit was, right? Like I knew Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I knew about the Holy Spirit. But he started talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and when he finished speaking, he said, if anybody wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then, then to come and come forward. And I knew I had to go forward. I knew that I had to go and, and, and kind of surrender before God and ask to be filled. And, and I was. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was so new to me. And it was incredible. You know, when some people are filled with the Holy Spirit, and some of you in here, I know, they get the giggles and they start giggling. It's a bit weird. Um, not for me. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I just cry all the time. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to make me cry anyway. But when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I always cry. And, uh, and that night, I remember just being in tears, you know, and not, you know, not just like the little wipe away, like full on tears. I always am. And, and I just remember, um, it just felt like God had walked into the room. I just remember that feeling. And, and with him walking into the room, it was like all of his power entered into the room too. With him came this power, and it was like this overwhelming sense of his love. And I felt this incredible, welling up now thinking about it, I told you it doesn't take a lot to make me cry. And I felt this incredible understanding in that moment of God's love, deeper than I ever had ever before. Even when I'd given my life to Jesus, I'd never felt an understanding of his love like I did in that moment. And not just a love, not just his feeling of love towards me, but his his feeling of love towards my friends as well around me. And worship, it went from wanting to sing about Jesus and wanting to sing about God to wanting to sing to Jesus and wanting to sing to God. Everything changed for me. And I remember even weeks afterwards, one of my memories was was walking around the streets of Redcar, I know, uh, red car and, and just singing uh, in royal robes I don't deserve I live to serve your majesty and I remember that just being on my heart and just understanding those words with this new depth I'd sung those songs years going to church on a Sunday morning at that point but the, these words just had completely different meaning for me 
And I know that many of you in this room, if I asked you to share that moment when God's, God's Holy Spirit filled you for the first time in that way, you could share your story and probably sounds similar in some ways to mine, only probably less crying than me. Um, and you were baptized in the Spirit. And, and, but for some of you, though, who were sat in the room now and you're thinking, actually, you know, I, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit within me? How do I know that I have God's Spirit? Do, do, we, do we have the Holy Spirit before we're baptized in the Spirit? Well, I just want to start there, really, this morning, by making it clear that in terms of what the Scriptures teach, the answer is absolutely yes, you do. Um, Paul says, actually, that we can't receive Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read here 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. It's impossible to do that. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And what Paul is teaching here, if, if, you, if you this morning would say that you are a follower of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit dwells within you. You can't even accept Jesus as your Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit who reveals who Jesus is to you. It's him who revealed who Jesus is to you. So if you say Jesus is Lord and you mean it in your heart, then you know that you have the Holy Spirit within you. You know that. There's also a test in Scripture. In Romans 8, 6, it talks to us, in Romans 8, chapter 8 actually, just talks to us about um, the, how the mind is governed. In 8, 6, it says the mind is governed by the Spirit. Sorry, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When, when the Spirit of God is, is within you, He governs how you live your life. You're, you start desiring what God desires. You don't desire what the flesh desires anymore. You desire what God desires in your life. It doesn't mean you don't sin. You still trip up, but your desires, they change. Your mind starts to desire different things, and it is what God desires. In fact, it says, it tells us that if we live in accordance with the Spirit, then, and, <laughs> sorry, in the Spirit, uh, we have our minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's exactly what it says. So, so we know that we have the Spirit as Christians. We know that. But the Bible seems to talk about this separate filling in which we are overwhelmed with the Spirit. One of the words that we use generally in our church and that I've even used this morning is being baptized in the Spirit. So we know that there is, seems to be this separate filling, uh, filling that happens Mike Pellavacci, uh, the guy who I talked about listening to, he talks about it like this. He says, he says it's about being immersed in the Spirit rather than just initiated into it. We believe as a church that when we give our lives to Christ, we receive everything in that moment. We receive the full package. We receive, you know, grace, forgiveness, His Holy Spirit. Everything comes into our life in that one moment, when, when moment of salvation, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But we believe also that the Holy Spirit is not just given at the point of salvation, not just then, but actually that it is given again and again and again. 
And we should be eagerly desiring to be filled with the Spirit again and again and again. Not just a one-time thing, but actually a continuous thing. And that might happen to you (laughs) to be filled completely with the Holy Spirit. It might happen to you moments after salvation that you are filled again with the Holy Spirit. And this time it's more powerful. It might happen years later like it did in, in my experience but actually we should be desiring and seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, it's a real key verse for us. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We are to be filled, the Scripture tells us, to be filled with the Spirit as believers, not just a one-time thing, Uh, but to be continuously filled. The Greek word that's used in filled uh, is right here, plero, and and it's to fill or to continue to fill. In fact, the other place, it's used in a few places in the New Testament, this word, but one of the places that it's used is in Matthew 13, and it's talking about a fishing net, to, to fill a fishing net. And now we know we're fishing nets, don't we? We don't just fill them up once and say, okay, well, let's get rid of the net. We don't need that anymore. No, you keep it because you're going to need it again. Why? Because we want to continue to fill it full of fish. And it's the same with you and the Holy Spirit to be continued to be filled. It's so important that we understand the significance of this command for us. If I was going on holiday somewhere tropical and sunny and beautiful like Sunderland, right? You know, I suppose you laughed a little bit too hard at that, Joanna. All right. Um, I'm only joking if you're from Sunderland. But you say you're going on holiday, right? And you think, okay, I'm going for a week. I'm going to take my phone. I don't have my phone with me. You think, I'm going to take my phone. Okay, what's the other part that you need if you're going for a week? Charger. Everybody knows that. And if, you know, they don't make phones like they did 20 years ago, where they used to last a week. Right? They last like a minute now. Before you get a little ding-dong, you need to put your phone in low power mode. right? Like, and this is the thing. We know there's a limited time until you reach low power mode or the battery's gone altogether. And it's the same with food. right? Like, have you ever eaten a meal where you think, I will never eat another thing for the rest of my life? Have you ever had that feeling? It's usually the 25th of December for me. And man, like we have everything, pigs in blankets, uh, stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes, roast potatoes, Yorkshire puddings, controversial, I know. Uh, Yorkshire puddings, oh, I could eat this now, turkey, uh, sprouts, all the veggies you can muster, roasted veg, fresh veg, oh man. And you eat it all, don't you? And then you see, I've, I love mint sauce on my Christmas dinner as well, controversial again, I know. Um, but, you know, God loves me, even if you don't. And, uh, and, I rem- and I, you get that feeling, don't you? At the end of your Christmas dinner, you think, I will not eat for the rest of this week. That was unbelievable. Two hours later, I guarantee you will find my nose in the fridge thinking, I tell you what, turkey and stuffing sandwich would be amazing, right? We understand, it doesn't matter how full we feel, how blessed we feel, how you know, fully nourished we feel. There comes a time when we will have to intake food again. And and as believers, 
The reality is, even though we understand these principles, we can often expect to get on, our life, on with our lives and get on with our careers and get on with parenting and get on with being grandparents and get on with being you know, believers in every day-to-day situations and yet not think that we need to come to God regularly and ask him to fill us with his power. So we understand it with our charges. We understand it with food. You know, the Bible talks about our relationship with God in very much the same way that we need to continuously be filled with power. You wouldn't expect your phone to function without a charger and you wouldn't expect your body to function properly without food. And yet we so often expect ourselves to function without God's power, without his spirit. And the wording that Paul uses in that verse is almost a sense of being fully stocked, being willing to be fully stocked, almost being like a shelving unit in Sainsbury's and saying, God, just fill me. I just give you everything. Just come and fill me. I hold out my hands. Harold Horner, he's an American New Testament scholar. He says, this passage is a command not only to allow you to experience what it is to have the Spirit to dwell within you, not just to experience that, but for you to allow the Spirit to have all of you. To say, Lord, come and take all of my life. Come and fully stock me with what I need for today. To come to God as believers and openly say to God, God, I need you. Just like a phone needs a charger, just like my body needs food, I need you. I need you. Not just to be initiated, not just be initiated into God's presence, into his Holy Spirit, but to be fully immersed, to allow him to drench you, to soak you. And what the Bible says are the types of things that we should see uh, I'm going to go through, I'm going to do five, five of them, there are more, but I'm going to do five really quick. Okay, so number one is when we are immersed in the Holy Spirit, it brings us understanding. Uh, in the book of Job 32, 8, it says, but it is the, but it is the Spirit in a, in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives them understanding. The Bible tells us that The Holy Spirit is the one, he is going to bring understanding to your life. He is going to bring you understanding. Have you, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but have you, the situations that you're going through in your life and you think, God, I I just don't understand what you're doing here. I don't understand what they're doing here, right? I don't understand what I'm doing here. But yet when we're filled, when we're immersed with the Holy Spirit, he brings us understanding. Father God has gives you understanding we are to ask God and it will be given to us Jesus says ask and it will be given ask God for understanding and the Holy Spirit when he comes and fills you afresh he'll bring you understanding to your life number two is the Holy Spirit brings boldness we see in the book of Acts that the Spirit brings boldness in Acts 4 31 after they prayed uh, the place where they were meeting this is the disciples they were meeting, was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God. Everybody say that last word. Okay, you're supposed to say boldly, boldly, okay? So say it one more time. One, two, three. Yeah, they, were, they spoke the word of God boldly. These were the same disciples that when Jesus was arrested, as just like the prophet prophesied, they were scattered like sheep. 
They ran afraid. Peter even denied knowing Jesus three times. The same disciples that were terrified at his arrest, the rest of their lives, and 10 of them would be killed uh, and martyred and and would be violently killed. They, They boldly proclaimed the word of God, even in the face of danger. And it was all because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You feel like you need some more boldness to tell people about Jesus? Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Man, will you be bold? Uh, And number three, is Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, becomes our helper. Romans 8, 26, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not... We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Through wordless groans. Have you ever felt so lost in a situation that never mind you don't know how to fix it, you don't even know what to pray for anymore? You don't even know what the right thing to pray is. (laughs) I don't know if I should pray for this outcome or this outcome. Well, actually, the promise is, is that when you feel helpless, the Spirit of God comes to help you in your weakness, comes to help you in your weakness. What an incredible promise we have as believers, that in your most difficult moments, God is right there helping you, interceding on your behalf. Just amazing. Number four, last two, fruit. Galatians 4, 31 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I've got a song in my head with those. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. But when we allow God's Spirit to fill us, to be immersed in the Spirit of God, we find that us as His children, we no longer serve fleshly desires, serve our own fleshly Needs or, or don't have to go with our selfish desires. What comes instead is that we are empowered by God to be different from the world around us, to be a people of love, to be a people of joy, to be a people of peace. You know, a recent survey from this year, last year, sorry, tells us that one in five Brits, it's one in, one in five in this room on average, struggle daily with anxiety. One in five. And there's so many people I know in this room who who struggle daily with this battle of anxiety. And I, I myself, if I'm being honest, I struggle from time to time. Not as bad as it used to be, but from time to time, struggle with anxiety. Just get weird things going on with my body. You know, I get a, a, I don't know what it's called, a twitchy eye. That's one of them. <laughs> when I get anxious, I get a twitchy eye. I get an ache in my jaw sometimes, like I'm clenching my jaw because I'm nervous or anxious. And, and yet this comes from a lack of peace. And yet what the, what the Bible promises is when we fill with the Holy Spirit, that his spirit, the fruit that it produces in us as his believers is a peace. A peace that surpasses understanding. You could have all sorts of things going on in your life, but yet this fruit that comes through the Spirit in your life is a peace. And it can be difficult, can't it? 
but, but yet these gifts, they come. And, and we're able to be kind, even to our enemies, even to people who aren't kind to us. We're able to be fearful even when people are, f- are faithless towards us. And these are fruits from the Holy Spirit. And lastly, number five, which is really important for us as a church, really important uh, for us in terms of our series and the foundations, is that we believe that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that we are given gifts by the Spirit, that we are given gifts and in order that the Spirit can be at work among us. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 10 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but it is the same Spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. Very important. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of, by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. He gives you faith. To another, gifts of healing. John shared a story of healing this morning, didn't he? By that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits, or we call it discernment sometimes. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. This is just a short list of gifts that we see given by the Spirit. There are other scriptures. We don't have time to go through them all this morning, but it gives us an idea of what we should expect to see. Uh, Gifts given to us as his church, as his body, as his bride, for the common good of the church, for the edifying and the lifting up of the church to make the bride more beautiful before Jesus. That's what they're for. And these gifts are given. These gifts are given. And we're encouraged by Scripture to eagerly, to be eager for these gifts to be working amongst us, for us to have these gifts given to us. And this is a really important part for us in our foundations of a church. So I want to say a couple of things. Uh, One is is that um, gifts of the Spirit, uh, we believe as a church that the gifts of the Spirit are still active and at work in the church today. Still active and at work in the church today. This is fundamental to what we believe. Not all churches believe this. Some churches believe that it ends in the book of Acts, that no longer are gifts needed in the church. We think that's absolutely false uh, and not biblical whatsoever. We believe that they are still active in the church today, which is why the Holy Spirit is foundational to who we are as a church. We believe that we're to be continuously filled and led by the Spirit of God. And that's to be paired, you know, we're not just here just to, ooh, let's see what God says. No, it has to be paired with his word. We believe that we're a word and spirit church. They go hand in hand together. And we believe also that they should be evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives as the church. That that, that our desires as individuals, they change. We no longer desire what we used to desire before we met 
with Jesus or before he brought us to himself that actually that we should change. We believe that actually we should see understanding through the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit should be evident in our lives and in our church, and that we should see gifts being distributed by the Spirit to the body. And these gifts are really important to clarify a couple of things, though, that I just want to clarify. Uh, The Bible is really clear that the Spirit is the one who gives gifts as he decides. He is the conductor, we are the orchestra, not the other way around. Uh, Somebody once came to me and said, well, I am a prophet of God. Wow, that's (laughs) great. (laughs) Uh, And we need to be careful when we say things like that because yes, God may have used you to bring a prophetic word on a church on a Sunday morning. It might have been the best prophetic word ever given on a Sunday morning. But actually, it is the Spirit who decides who will receive the gifts, not us. And we've got to be careful that we don't try and dictate to the Spirit which way he should be leading. Actually, that we should be submissive towards God and say, God, if, if you're willing, will you use me in this way? That's okay to say that. But we need to be careful that we don't announce to God who we are and who he needs to make sure, that, what gift he makes, makes sure he gives us. The second is, I will switch my, oh, we're back. Woo-hoo. Okay, the second is, just making sure you're all still listening, that's what that is. The second is, is really important, and please, you need to hear me if this has ever been taught to you, that some people in the room, perhaps at some point would have been taught that if you do not or are unable to speak in tongues, then you have not received the Holy Spirit. This is so damaging and so unbiblical, it's untrue. And I've literally chatted with people who've said, I don't have the Holy Spirit because I can't speak in tongues. Well, hold on a minute. (laughs) That's not what the Bible says. Is Jesus Lord to you? Well, you have the Holy Spirit. And are you the one who decides which gift you receive? No, it's him. It's him. And we just need to be really careful because these these false teachings slip into church's traditions and we get people who join this church or been above churches in the past that believe this stuff and believe God hasn't blessed me with the gift of tongues so I don't have the Holy Spirit. It's just false. It's wrong. And if you've ever been taught that, I'm sorry. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches. God has good things for you and he wants to bless you. And it's him who decides which gift he gives and it's not to confirm something in you necessarily. It is to build up the church. So please, if you've been taught that, throw it in the bin. But Jesus is clear that we should be a people who ask. He says, ask and it will be given to you. We should seek and we will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Listen to me, God loves you and he wants to pour his spirit out on you. He doesn't want you just to know about his spirit. He wants you to be immersed in his spirit. And maybe you're just feeling a little bit reluctant now as I'm speaking. You probably know where we're headed. We're gonna just give a bit of time 
for God to come and to fill us with his spirit afresh. And for some of you, that might feel a little bit weird, a little bit scary. I just want to encourage you, it's not. If you've already said that Jesus is Lord over your life, you've already received the spirit. But he wants to give you good things. If you haven't ever said that Jesus is Lord and that you, this morning you feel a little tug on your heart, that it's time, Jesus, that I just I give my life to you. Let me encourage you, you will never regret it. Never. Giving my life to Jesus is still the best thing I've ever done, ever. This morning could be your morning. But if you're worried this morning about experiencing God, let me just say to you, don't be afraid. He only has good things for you. There are others in the room, and I'm guilty of this myself sometimes, that we look back at some awesome encounters we had with God. And we can almost build them up like monuments on a hill and we look back at them all the time and say, oh, you remember that time? Whoa, do you remember that time? What a powerful experience. Yeah, it was fantastic. And all of you went to Stonely and all these, whoa, Stonely, whoa. Like, and you, you get all excited about it. And I'm guilty of that too sometimes. And we look back and, but I just feel like that we're supposed to say, God, I don't want to look back. I want to look at you right now. Will you come and fill me with your spirit, Lord? Fill me afresh. Today, please, come and fill me that I might be emboldened, that I might gain understanding, that you can intercede where I am weak, that I might show fruit, an abundance of fruit in my life that I might be overwhelmed by you. Fill me that I might receive gifts in order that the church is built up, in order that your bride is more beautiful, in order that I can do your work. Come and fill us. I want to invite the band just to come up. And I'm going to ask everybody just to stand if you're able to. <coughs> Listen, the, the band aren't gonna play anything for a little while. We don't need music to usher in his presence. He's here right now. We're just gonna wait on him, okay? So, I, look, I know you're with family, I know you're with friends. I just want you to close your eyes. It just helps you concentrate. We're doing this with Hannah, teaching her how to pray at the moment. So, it's close your eyes. And it's just you and your father. 